0: This ain't jump. This ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce. Everybody, Jack Maloney here with Friendly Bounce Hardwood Proxies and Basketball Network. These are our special season preview podcasts. Uh, today I'm with Ryan, aka Tyne Prince, and Taylor Smith. We're about to talk about the Los Angeles Clippers, who had quite the eventful offseason. Uh, last year, obviously, a very good season. They went 56 and 26, third place in the West. Uh, they went to Western Conference semifinals um, where they had the huge collapse against the Rockets up 3-1 and then the Rockets came back um, so they picked up Pierce, Paul Pierce they had the trade for Lance Stevenson uh, Cole Aldridge Wes Johnson Chuck Hayes Pablo Prigioni are now, now on the squad um, and then obviously they lost Spencer Hawes in the uh, in the uh, Lance Stevenson trade um the draft, I, I don't even know, I, I'm, they probably drafted someone, but, whatever, um, so let's just let's just get it out of the way, and talk about the DeAndre Jordan situation. Um, he's obviously back on the team after the saga. <laughs> I mean, what did what did you guys think about that? Because that was, I mean, honestly, one of the the funniest NBA moments in recent memory.
1: Working, we're at it again, Taylor. You go. Yeah. Oh well, no, you go ahead. Just. Alright. <laughs> I was I was working that day, and I remember like on my lunch break checking like Twitter and everything, and just seeing all these emojis being tweeted out by like Blake <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I mean, it was just it was nuts, and it was it was probably it was the most fun I've ever had on Twitter. I think.
2: I mean, then it was, it was great. It really was like the best NBA Twitter day ever. And it wasn't, I mean, it was in the middle of the summer where you wouldn't think that kind of thing would happen. I think the best part of it all was when Chris Paul, because everyone was talking about the Reddick emoji and the Critiffin emoji, I think it was first, and Chandler Parsons emoji. And then they were all like, oh, what if Chris Paul tweets the banana boat? Because he had the banana boat picture that was taken like the day before with LeBron and whoever. And he did it. And that was just like everything exploded. And, glorious. Sucks for the Mavericks, but I'm pretty
0: glad it (laughs) all happened. All that. Yeah the the Blake Griffin picture was was hilarious when he he tweeted out his door or whatever. But yeah, like the whole thing was so bizarre. Like they, they, so many people were making it seem like the Clippers like showed up at his house and were like holding him hostage until he agreed to come back, which like we found out wasn't really the case. Like Jordan contacted them first but like we didn't know that at the time it was it was so weird following that in in real time and yeah twitter like that's something that 10 years ago you never really hear about like i feel like that's a story that comes out like 25 years later in a book and everyone's like what like that really happened but like now with twitter it's just in real time they're, the clippers are holding deandre hostage like. <laughs>
1: A little key funny moment from that was so everyone was tweeting the emojis and then Paul Pierce tweets like <laughs> the actual like, JPEG of a rocket emoji. Like, probably didn't do it on purpose, but I, I'm not entirely sure.
0: <laughs> and then Rudy really... Gobert fried him with the, uh, the Paul Pierce tweeting from his Game Boy Color tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: really was like Portrayed as a hostage situation, though. like, Mark Cuban's driving around Houston, <laughs> like, unaware of DeAndre's, like, dress or something like that, like, trying to get his address from his agent as if he hadn't been there, like, the day before, and <laughs> even all the misinformation that came out made it even better than it already was. It was
0: so it was great. <laughs> glorious. Um, so, yeah, obviously he's a huge part of their team, and we know what he brings. Um, along with Chris Paul and Blake. I don't really think we need to talk too much about them. Like, that's been their their crew for a while, and we, we know what we're getting out of those three and Redick. Um, what do you guys think about the Pierce edition? I uh, mean, he, he had a great playoffs for, for Washington. Do you think, and then, um, I don't know when this will drop, but uh, we're recording it on... Um, the day we recorded it, um, Zach Lowe just tweeted out that Wesley Johnson is is probably going to start. Uh, do you just see that as as Doc Rivers looking to rest Pierce and just bring him along slowly?
1: Yeah, um, uh, I think that Paul Pierce, obviously the only reason they brought him is for the playoffs, and he, he hits big shots, and he really brings that veteran presence along with Chris Paul. And then um, Wes Johnson, not really sure what he's going to bring, just because he hasn't really had been in a good team, so his stats have come in weird context. But, I mean, if you if you look at his stats from last year, they're not as good as Matt Barnes, but, I mean, they're not completely terrible, so I guess it's a, it's a decent role that he could fit in. Yeah, and
2: they have enough other wings, like Jamal Crawford's still there, and obviously Redick. Uh, you know, Lance Stevenson. They have enough guys that can probably masquerade as threes for a while, and they can play spawn with that or mm-hmm. you know, with Griffin at the five potentially for stretches. And it's totally a playoff move, obviously bringing Pearson just to make sure they have some sort of kind of stability and some leadership in the room that they may not have had before. Uh, I think on the whole, they upgraded that position just because. Pierce plus Johnson, I think, would be better than just old Matt Barnes at this point. So, long-term, I think it'll pay off. Wesley Johnson's just whatever. He's like a league-average three-point shooter, so yeah, they're not totally punting on it, but at least for the beginning of the season, they can get away with it a
0: bit. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, with if you're running out Chris Paul, Blake, DeAndre, and Reddick, I mean, Wesley Johnson's not bad, but it honestly doesn't matter too much who you're running out there with them like you're gonna be alright right. Um, and and I definitely see like Wes Johnson I mean he might drastically improve but just because he's starting doesn't mean like I I can't see Wesley Johnson closing games for them
2: no No. it just seems you know Pierce can play 20 minutes a night maybe yeah finish the games and hit big shots if they need them. What, with the regular season, you know, it's 82 games. It'll thin out, and the good teams are going to be the good teams, and they're going to finish in the top half and right. stay healthy regardless of what Pierce does.
0: Right. Um, speaking of, of small forwards, they they obviously had the the Lance Stevenson trade. Um, I mean, what do you... He Last year was a complete disaster in Charlotte. That, that didn't work at all. I, I, I mean, it can't get worse. But do, you, do you guys see Lance being a a significant factor on this team, uh, either way, like positively or negatively? Like, how much do you think he really impacts this team now that they have Pierce and Wesley Johnson? And I mean, like they brought in Josh Smith too, and you know the rest of the talent they have is is Lance really going to factor into this team? I mean, a few years ago with with Indiana, like. He is a huge part of their playoff success. now he's you know, he's had a fall from Grace, but what do you guys think of, of Lance Stevenson on the Clippers?
1: Um, I think I think the way they could best utilize him is as a secondary ball handler, especially on that second team. I mean, I don't know if you really want Austin Rivers or Pablo Prigioni running your offense. <laughs>
2: and
1: I mean that's what that's what he was best at in Indiana. As a sixth man, so I think I think that might be a decent role for them. Their their bench, their, their like second squad is a little wacky. I and mean, Lance Stevenson of course, had that off year last year, and then Josh Smith has been pretty inconsistent for the last couple of years. So, um, I I think they can make it work. It's a lot of talent there. I think I think Doc can can get it together though.
2: He can't really be as bad as he was last year. He shot 17% from three, which seems impossible. My God, 17. And I feel like a lot of it, he was kind of under pressure as their big free agent signing, and he thought he'd go in there and like be the man and yeah. be their superstar, kind of without Jefferson, like be the faces of that team or whatever, and it just didn't work out. I don't know if he just doesn't have like the temperament or whatever to undertake that role, but I think it'll be... It will be better this year, and I agree with uh, Ryan saying like he's going to be a secondary ball handler. He is probably a better option than Rivers or Pregioni <laughs> as the you know regular backup point guard. So I think he could be okay. I think they have enough depth to where if he sucks, they can bench him and they'll still be fine. But right, you know, at best he could be super useful for them. Obviously,
0: yeah i I would definitely agree with that in the that they have so much depth in that if he just plays like Charlotte again last year, just trying to forget about him in a way. Um, but, it, you know, if he's Indiana Lance Stevenson in a less pressurized role and more of just, you know, a useful bench player that provides energy and defense, like, uh, he, I can, he could definitely help them, um, especially over the course of the season. I don't know, though, a... You say he's better than than Austin Rivers, but Austin <laughs> Rivers is straight, straight, said he was straight up better than a lot of those dudes playing in the in the Team USA scrimmage. And Lance Stevenson wasn't one of those dudes, so I feel like Austin <laughs> Rivers is is a step above Lance. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: definitely
2: I think so.
0: <laughs> yeah that that was a a great moment this summer. That's At least it's not
2: lacking confidence. <laughs>
0: No, none whatsoever. <laughs> straight up better. Yeah, that's not a
2: good
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> and That wasn't even, like, the best team USA. Like I don't even think LeBron and Durant were playing, like, he's like, straight up better than a lot of these dudes. Like, Austin, like, what? <laughs> I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded, like, was he expecting people to re- retweet that, like, You know he's right. Like should be out here. He's the
2: best America has to offer. (laughs) There was a lot of discussions
1: last year that he might be one of the like worst players in the NBA. (laughs) So, where he's getting this confidence, I, I have no idea. But I mean, it's sure there.
0: I he needs to go go play for like some team in Eurobasket. Just become a naturalized citizen of like Latvia. And just run the point for for the Latvian team like Jerome Rando was, was running the point for Ukraine. Like, <laughs> that, that way he can prove himself. <laughs> Beat also, Team USA. <laughs> <running> lap, <yeah. laughs> the Latvia team Straight actually. The Latvia team wasn't really that bad. I mean, segue into Eurobasket talk, but I, they that wasn't a terrible team. Surprisingly, they didn't even have Przingis. But, um, yeah, you guys have any other final thoughts about the Clippers? you want to talk about Josh Smith at all? Kind of forgot that they brought him aboard. That's uh, He revived his career last year with the Rockets. Um, I mean, they can't, they can't
2: have a worse backup big situation than Glenn Davis and Spencer Hawes. <laughs> so... And he's a great passer, and he, he's kind of, he's got a similar-ish skill set to Griffin, so I think yeah. there's some nice kind of redundancy there a bit with the second unit. So I think, you know, as long as he channels his rocket itself and not his Piston self, I yeah. think it will be a positive positive Especially at the minimum, that's a bargain for a dude that's yeah. as good as he is. He's still good, despite having a crappy reputation now. He still can be quite useful.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's still young, like, 29. Yeah. yeah, he won't t- he won't turn 30 until December. Like he's been around for so long that you think he's a lot older, but apparently still still not even 30. I didn't quite realize that. But yeah, like um he's got ta plenty of talent and he just if he uses it correctly, that's yeah, you know, way way better than Glenn Davis. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it showed last year when Houston brought him off the bench. I mean, it, it was obviously a better fit for him, a better role, and that's what he's going to be doing in L.A., so I can't imagine it
0: would be, it would be too different. word Yeah, they, they um, I mean, pretty quietly really improved their their big man situation with Chuck Hayes and Cole Aldridge. Like, I mean, those aren't superstars, but... You really had nothing, I mean they didn't really have too much to work with and compared to what they have last year, that's a lot better situation when your five bigs are, you know, your top three bigs are Blake, DeAndre, and Josh Smith and then you have Chuck Hayes and Aldridge as four and five. But that's, I mean that's a pretty good bench rotation of bigs. Spencer
2: Hawes was really horrible last year. Yeah, that was, that was the, like the worst signing of the summer. <laughs>
0: Didn't they give him like four years section. or something?
2: Yeah, it was like three for twenty five. <laughs> he couldn't crack the rotation ahead of Glenn Davis at
0: the end. Alright. Right.
1: Cole Aldrich averaged a block a game last year, so he got that room protection in the second
2: unit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Cole's not Cole's not half bad. Um well, But yeah, I I mean, 56 and 26 last year, what do you guys, I mean, I think they're just going to be around the same, the West is, who knows, the West, they're going to be a top four team probably in the West, and then we see what happens in the playoffs. Do you you guys see them, you know, either making a vast improvement on that or or sliding a little bit?
1: I mean, all the moves they made were to increase their depth, especially for the, the postseason, so... I mean, I, I, I don't know if they're necessarily in that, that top tier of Western Conference teams yet, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they go far or even made the finals. I mean, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, those are like two of the top ten guys in the league, and that, that's
2: usually a pretty good formula if, yeah. for, for succeeding in the postseason. Yeah, I think they'll be in that gaggle of teams, you know, like San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and Houston kind of buying for the second spot in the West on Golden State, and the big thing will be, that depth, like you just said, like, they ran out of gas last year in the playoffs, because they had to yeah. play so many minutes in the first round. They had that war against the Spurs, and Griffin was just done by the end. And getting guys like Smith, and Hayes, potentially, and Aldridge, you know, I think that'll help, and they know to keep themselves fresh for the end, so. They're a contender for sure, I think, and
0: could be there at the Word. All right, that's, uh, that's a wrap on the Clippers. I'm Jack. That was Taylor and Ryan with me today. We'll catch you guys later. Here's our boy DJ Los Latino playing the this out. This ain't Beat. jump. This ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce.